0: Maybe you can relate. We tried every fad diet, meal plan, cleanse, and exercise program out there to get rid of that unwanted belly fat. It's so frustrating trying to figure out what in the world to do. Through our training and certifications, we've learned a proven method that has completely transformed our lives. Not only did we lose the belly fat, but we have increased energy, we sleep better, and wow, does our hair and skin look better than ever. Join our three-day boot camp, Roadmap to Wellness Boot Camp, at transformingwomenshealth.com. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Toxin Terminator. I'm so glad you're joining in with us each and every Monday as we go through the really important topics of how do we develop that healthy lifestyle and really make a difference in how we're feeling. Are we feeling good? Do we have the energy that we want? And are we removing those toxins out of our everyday life? Now today's episode, I have got the intermittent fasting expert him with us. He is a wellness coach. He is a personal trainer. He also is a human movement specialist. And he has the he is the author of the Simple Intermittent Fasting Journal. He's the creator of the Intermittent Fasting Certification Course. So when I say he's the intermittent fasting guru. He kind of is, and we're going to be talking about all things intermittent fasting today because I know when I'm working with women, um, they've got lots of questions around intermittent fasting. They have um, overwhelmed, They don't know where to start. They don't know what to think and, and what foods should they be eating? How should they be eating? Is it 16, 8? Is it 10, you know, 12? Hmm. Where do they start? How do they do this? And we're going to dial in and let Brian really make this simple for us so that we can incorporate it into our everyday Life. Brian, I'm so happy to have you with us.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm really excited, Amy.
0: Well, we're going to dive in. Now, I know um, you've been doing this for a long time. And what really got you into the intermittent fasting realm of things?
1: Yeah, so what got me into intermittent fasting was actually a client of mine. She was a woman who I was actually training in the studio. And she just has tried everything she was trying everything to lose weight and she actually um was like pre-diabetic and realized she needed to make a change so she she researched fasting on her own Mm -hmm. and yeah got into it and she started doing just started doing fasts and then doing extended fasts. and she found she got great results and i noticed it as well and i was like wow this is such a powerful tool And so her results actually just spurred me on to get to learn more about it for myself and also for my clients.
0: I love that. You know, and so many times that's what happens is we see something that works and we dig in and do the research. What is it about intermittent fasting that makes it work for weight loss? Um, you know, specifically, and we, and we find especially that midsection weight loss, you know, as women and getting older, that tends to be our, our hard spot.
1: Yeah, and men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the visceral fat. And yes. uh, uh, so <clears throat> for fat loss, I mean, essentially, you, you want to be in low insulin states um, to, to uh, trigger fat loss and get into what's called like fat burning mode. Um, I think that we're so used to burning just glucose for energy and not getting into those those stored uh, body fat, and we all have plenty of it to burn, Uh, but in order to get into tap into that, we actually have to be in a very low insulin state, and the fastest and most effective way to get into that state is intermittent, is fasting. Um, There are other ways, right? There are certain foods that you can eat, and we'll talk about that today, but Fasting is definitely the most powerful tool, and I like to use it as a tool because it's not something you necessarily have to do all the time, right? It is a stressor to the body, um, but it's a powerful tool that you can use and everyone should actually implement, I think.
0: I like that you call it a, a tool because we're always teaching our, our people how, you know, we want to fill your toolbox, you know, so yes. that when things are happening to yourself, because it always is changing, you can reach into that toolbox and see what what do I need to implement? What do I need to use, you know, today? So let's talk about what are the basics of intermittent fasting. Let's start there.
1: Yeah, so the basics of intermittent fasting, I would just say is that, um it's really just an, an absence of food. It's a voluntary abstinence of food. You're you're consuming no calories. Um, mm-hmm. And essentially, it's, it's just a way to sort of uh, close your fasting, your, excuse me, close your feasting window. You have sort of your fasting and feasting times. And it's just, you know, it's not restricting of calories. It's just a matter of closing that time that you're actually going to be in a fed state. So then the other times, obviously, your body has a chance to sort of rejuvenate and you know rest your gut and things like that
0: i love that and then you know i i always i always have to giggle because just because it's not a restriction of calories um let's talk about what do we want to be eating in our in our window uh, of eating because you can't just go out and eat everything and anything that you you want right is that beneficial
1: yeah, for sure. I mean, it, eating clean foods, um, whole foods and, you know, obviously um, non let's just say um, non processed foods is, is definitely going to make your fasting time a lot easier. I mean, if right. you go and have uh, I don't know, I'm in Chicago, we have this deep dish thick pizza uh, and you have that for lunch, it's going to be your insulin levels are going to spike. And then you're going to crash and it's going to be that much more difficult for you to fast. So definitely, if you're getting into fasting, cleaning up your eating is 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 the first step, I would say. Um, You know, it doesn't have to be perfect, but you'll start to realize, wow, if I'm not going to if this meal, I'm having this one meal and then I got to wait another five, six hours or however long you fast. You're going to want to make that a good one and something where you have sustained energy.
0: OK, so I feel like I'm kind of jumping all over the place and maybe this that's is okay. your area of expertise. You might be able to help us out here. But um, are, are there any particular windows like, you know, we seem to want to follow what I teach as a 16, eight hour, um, you know, intermittent fasting philosophy. Is that is there anything that's hard and true or, or how do you go about figuring out what that looks like for you?
1: Yeah, I would say there's no hard and true times. <clears throat> okay. I would say if, uh, a, a good rule of thumb, especially if you're just starting out and you've never done fasting, yeah. is, and this is what I teach in, in, in my journal, is to push back that first meal gradually. So right. That way, yeah. So that way you're sort of easing into the fast. Um, it's not like an overwhelming thing. And, you know, you want to create a successful environment for yourself and not almost feel like you're just like failing right away. So if if you're typically used to eating at, let's just say, 8 a.m.,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> maybe for that next few days, you say, you know what, I'm going to have my first meal at 9 a.m. Yeah. And just, you know, simple things like that. And then same thing <clears throat> when it comes to eating at night, you know, because the whole idea with you 16-8, which you promote – Um, And I like to promote as as well for a lot of clients is you're taking advantage of that overnight fast. Right. So the more you can sort of learn to sort of hone that in, like if you're eating too late, then, you know, you're you're first of all, you shouldn't eat too close to bedtime. (laughs) Anyways, you got to give your body a a few hours to rest. But I would say a good rule of thumb is don't eat too close to bedtime and then don't eat right when you get up and just like start with that, even if you still want to have three meals a day. Mm -hmm. um, that's a good place to start.
0: I like that. What about, you you know, should I be following, you know, a certain number of meals a day? Because I know for me, I do 16, eight and I do a a kind of like a diet variation. So I'm eating, you know, I'm following that five days a week. And then two days of the week, I do a little bit of something different just to kind of give that body that adaptive, you know, time. Mm -hmm. So, um, But I'm still getting, I wouldn't say it's necessarily three meals a day, but I'm eating, you know, a a breakfast or a lunch type meal at about 11-ish. And then I'm having a midday snack, which a lot of people might consider a meal. And then I'm having dinner. Um, Is there, do we have to follow any protocol in that eating window?
1: Well, I would say there's nothing wrong with that. I think when I first started fasting, I was like, yeah, I, I thought the same thing. I'm like, well, how many meals now am I going to have? <laughs> you know, it's like, I think it's something that you could just come into your own with. Um, you know, for me, when I first started fasting, I think I tried to get three meals in within that window. And I just felt like I was just like too much. And I think uh, one positive effect of fasting is the fact that you you realize you don't need to eat as much. Like right. I, <clears throat> I don't count. Excuse me. <clears throat> losing my voice here
0: <laughs> not, not
1: good when you're on a podcast I mean,
0: no, <coughs> not uh-uh. take a take a moment take a drink of water <laughs>
1: <clears throat> okay I'm back um so what I was just gonna say is i think you you do realize that you don't have to eat as much and mm-hmm. you're after you get into this rhythm of fasting that when you have these meals you're just you you become full faster. So I think it's just about listening to your body. If you want to first start out and do three, ma- three meals within, let's say that eight hour eating window go for it. But I think you'll start to realize, like for me, I typically do two meals.
0: Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. are,
1: ta- there are days when I'm busy or s- things come up and I do have one meal at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's like a right or wrong thing. I think it's just more or less, you know, it's like you keep hearing this buzzword, but like intuitive eating, um, you know, I, <laughs> And, and, and that's something I think takes time to get into. I think we're so yeah. used to being t- tied down by, okay, it's noon, I should eat. Right. Well, no, if you're not hungry, why why would – you don't really need to eat. And right. I think you become more aware of your hunger <clears throat> hormones and just like how you feel and then just react to that.
0: Well, and I think, too, you you, you hit on something with the intuitive eating. For me, and I I, I imagine many of my listeners will, will relate to this, too – I hear all this, this all the time is you need to listen to your body. Listen to the signals that your body is sending you. Well, in the beginning, nine years ago, I had no idea what my body was telling me. Um, You you know, that takes some time to really know, is this hunger or is this something else? Um, I know you talked about in um, one of your blogs I was looking at, I think one of the things, too, that helps curb that hunger and that we're satiated longer is really learning to eat the right foods um, mm-hmm. and not having those empty calories. Can you talk to that?
1: Sure. Yeah. So I would I like with my clients to make their meals around um, healthy fats and protein. Um, okay. I, I know there's obviously a huge keto push and um I, I'm I am, I would say for myself and a lot of my clients, we do eat a l- low carb. Um, mm-hmm. You know, certain people like to have more carbs and they can handle it better. But I think starting out, if you can, even before you even start fasting, if you can try to focus on healthy fats, you know I'm just say like avocados, um, mm-hmm. and uh, you know things like eggs mm-hmm. um, that are satiating and they'll keep you full longer. Um, but also though they're not going to raise your insulin levels as much. So it's almost like it's mimicking fasting to to some degree and it gets your body used to that as opposed to if you're just having, you know, well, I would say processed carbs a lot, it's going to, it's just going to make the fasting, um, when you try to get into fasting, it's going to make it more difficult. So healthy fats, um. You know, good proteins, clean proteins. You know, I like to have, you know, grass fed, grass finished if you can. Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be, but ideally that would be perfect in a a perfect world. Um, You know, wild, wild fish, wild Mm -hmm. salmon, um, you know, sardines are great. Mm -hmm. Um, What else? I mean, salmon roe. Um, Yeah, if you could just focus on a quality protein for your meal, um, that's a great place to start and i think you'll find that'll be really pretty satiating
0: i love that uh while or what did you say there was a word you said in there that i had not heard before uh you know i've always heard of grass-fed beef you said grass finished
1: oh yeah so what happens is a lot of times these companies will say grass um grass fed but what 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 they don't know, what you don't know, and what they what happens a lot is the last, I believe it's sixty days and the ninety days of the animal's life. Then they go back to grains and corn and soy. So that so when it's when you see something that's grass fed, grass finished, then you know that that animal is raised humanely and also fed um, grass throughout its, its entire its entirety.
0: It's okay.
1: Um, yeah. So. You know, um, I would say grass fed gets thrown out a lot now, but if you can find grass fed, grass finished, that would be ideal.
0: I like that. Um, and know. that's interesting. You know, that ugh, I'm always talking about uh, greenwashing. In in my talks and you know lifestyle journey here because uh, we see so many marketing terms that are just simply that they're marketing terms. They know what people want to hear, what's going to make them feel safer. Um, mm-hmm. We have to be able to know what's behind that. So thank you for that definition. I learned something today oh, with grass fed, grass finished. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah that- you,
1: and you, when you go into the supermarket, like I, I I've asked in, in different places where I buy meat, and you know you ask them, they they should know. <clears throat>
0: good. Yeah, that is good information. Okay. So now do you recommend like, um, you talked about making sure that you're getting good quality proteins, we're getting good fats. And you mentioned avocados as being a good fat. What other kinds of good fats do people want to incorporate into their eating?
1: Butter, grass fed butter, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, cooking with that, I think cooking with grass fed butter or ghee is great or tallow um and then perhaps if you you know if you are incorporating some type of salad or something maybe drizzling some o- olive oil on there um <clears throat> you know coconut oil is another one that can be used you can use that for cooking um <clears throat> and then if you're not too sensitive to it i mean obviously uh some people are sensitive to nuts and seeds and things like that but you know maybe getting in some walnuts here and there um and you know you you know those will keep you satiating for a while as well um you know, if you're not sensitive to that. So also obviously getting healthy fats, if you're eating a ribeye, you're getting a lot of fats from right. that as well. So, um, you know, those will be, you know, those won't raise your insulin as much as, you know, anything else. So that that's a good place to start, I would say.
0: All right. Now, is there any particular like ratio that we need to be watching? You know, I I need to have, you know, this much protein, this much fiber, this much fat, you know, that type of thing. Or is it kind of different for everybody?
1: Yeah, it's probably different for everyone. You know, the whole protein debate about how much protein uh, Mm -hmm. we should have continues on and on. I think it depends on the individual <clears throat> and, and how active they are. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I would say that, um, I've heard about anywhere from like 0. 0.8 to one gram per pound of body of lean body mass that you have. So if you weigh 170 and let's say you have 150 pounds of lean mass, then you should shoot for 150 pounds, 150 grams of protein, um, which is a lot, right? I, I think yeah. I, I, I know. it's a lot. I have trouble trying to get that much in, Um, especially if you're only having one meal, (laughs) that's why I sort of like two meals because you can, especially if you're sort of in a growth mode,
0: um,
1: you know, which protein obviously will help with, uh, you know, protein synthesis and with muscle growth. So, um, but yeah, I would say that if you could shoot for, you know, in that range, 0.8 to one gram, uh, for protein, then it's, you know, as far as fat, I think it depends, you know, there's, there's a, there's a high fat. There's people who are really high fat and sort of, but I would say that you don't necessarily have to overdo it with fat. Um, right. I think the whole goal is to get into your own fat stores to use that for energy. Um, and so I think there's like what they say, fat bombs and a lot of things that are just sort of like um, have come out of the keto movement are probably unnecessary. I think if you're just getting your healthy fats from, you know, just foods and not these, right. these sort of things that have been made up just to make some money. Uh, I think you're you're best off with that.
0: Research shows that being part of a community really helps us feel united, supported, safe and secure, and we're more apt to reach our goals. This is exactly what we had in mind when we created our Roadmap to Wellness Club. Join us now for our monthly membership group where we host weekly meetings, hosting live Q&As and content created to help you transform your health, as well as monthly expert speakers. Go to transformingwomenshealth.com and click on Roadmap to Wellness Club. Right. And and you're you're leading into a really important topic right there when you say getting your, you know, your sources from your foods. I really think I'm not against supplementation because so many people come to us in such a sick state to begin with that sometimes the body can't utilize everything that we're giving it and we have to supplement, but it's supplement you know, it's, you know, the key is to get to where you're getting things from your food sources. Is that what you believe to and recommend with your clients?
1: You know, I do. I do believe that. Um, I think, and I know you had Dr. Brad Campbell, Mm -hmm. um, and he actually has done blood work on me before. I think that if you, if you really think that something is missing, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. you're deficient in, you know, B12 or whatever, you know, then obviously it helps to get your blood levels measured and then you might have to do some supplementation, especially, let's just say, for maybe religious reasons or, re- reasons or, or something that you don't want to eat animals or, right. you know, because I think as a perhaps as a, like a vegan or a vegetarian, you, it might be tough to get certain um, certain like, you know, vitamins and minerals into Nutri- your diet.
0: Right nutrients into the body absolutely right. absolutely you know thank you for clarifying that now we talked about oh here's the other thing i hear from so many people too cuz i'm mm-hmm. going down my list here yeah well i i'm counting calories mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's like ah oh, you know talk to me about calorie counting when you hear that
1: yeah i mean the whole calorie in calorie out model is just too simplistic um it's not that black and white, right? I mean, different foods affect you in different ways. So if someone is really into counting calories, I guess, you know, let them count calories, but I would also let them know that it's the quality of the calories that is most important. Right. Um, I've never counted calories in my life. I've never had my clients do it and they get really good results from that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I just think it, it, You know, maybe if if you think someone's almost under eating, maybe then it is worth counting, you know, at least like journaling, I would say, as opposed to, let's say, counting calories, just start writing down what you're eating on a daily basis. That's why I like the journal. Right. It's sort of, you know, when you don't write something down, sometimes you don't realize it's like if you don't write your goals down, you won't know what they are. You got nowhere to go. So,
0: well, um, and sometimes we have no idea what we're eating. And the extent right. of what we're eating and still until we start journaling that, you know, you you talked about if you normally eat at 8 a.m., push that back to 9 a.m. Do we even know what you normally do, um, you know, and, and paying attention to those habits so that you can figure out where you need to go with things? I like right,
1: exactly. that. You want to be aware of it first and then you can make a change. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Sure. Um, I also don't like the fact that people drink a lot of calories how about you
1: yeah yeah i agree (laughs) as you say that i'm thinking god my wife's been drinking wine every night (laughs) (laughs) and i give her a hard time um i agree i think it's just that that's one of those things that um i think you can implement right away is like those empty calories from whatever it is i mean if, if god forbid if they're drinking coke or you know, do mm. or whatever, whatever it is. Uh, yeah, stick the water, you know, and maybe tea on occasion, you know, like, and this is a question that comes up for a lot of people is, you know, coffee. Can right. they drink coffee during fasting? And I would say yes. I mean, if you're, if you're putting a bunch of sweeteners in there and you're adding a bunch of heavy creams, I mean, uh, I would say avoid that. If you could do sort of a clean fast, Right. Um, and a clean fast would be n- nothing, no sweeteners.
0: <laughs> right. Well, and if you need to add something into your coffee, if you're like, oh, my gosh, I just cannot drink it black, there's MCT oil that's not going to break your fast. And you can add that in there and get that, you know, flavoring that you'd like to have, um, you know, with it, too. Of course, I always recommend too, you can add, you know, essential oils for some flavor that's not going to break any fast. Um, right too. Uh, okay. So we talked about counting calories. We're talking about, oh, um, low carb and still being hungry. We talked about adding in some good, healthy fats to, you know, get that satiation that we want. Um, gluten-free. You know, we hear so much about people leaning towards that gluten-free. We hear about celiac disease, gluten intolerances. What, where are you at with the gluten
1: yeah, actually I just had on my podcast, and this is maybe someone you can get on Dr. Robert Pastori. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He um he is like the he, I mean, talk about a bright guy and a brilliant mind, but he talked a lot about celiac disease, and this is something that he's struggled with his whole life. And mm-hmm. now, you know, he talks a lot about it. But yeah, I mean, gluten-free for some people, they need to go that route. because um, right. uh, you know, they it's almost it, it that proteins that, that it's gluten and uh, gluten is in a lot of different things mm-hmm. and people are sensitive to it. So I think that maybe the road that you're thinking is almost like if people are having reactions to certain foods is some type of an elimination diet might help to figure out, you know, what's affecting you. And um, obviously the, the big push with the whole carnivore movement, but I think there's something to be said about perhaps cutting out I mean, some people might not even realize and they're sensitive to plants, right. Um, you know maybe they're having skin conditions or things mm-hmm. like that. So yeah, I would say that as far as any of that is concerned is you know eliminate it for a while and then you know once you eliminate everything, you you know then you can sort of add back in and see what's affecting you, um, whether it's gluten or whatever it is or dairy or
0: you know right. Well, and this is where that journal comes in play. Again, is, you know, seeing what you're eating, how your body's responding to it. You talked about the carnivore movement. And I don't know if you've talked to Dr. Al Dannenberg yet, um, but he is phenomenal to talk to about the carnivore um, eating. You know, he's done extensive, extensive research on that, um, you know, for very personal reasons. Um, and, And gluten, you know, one of the things when we're talking about gluten most people are thinking grains um and of course your body recognizes this as sugar this is glucose this is going to spike the insulin this is what can cause a lot of the weight loss resistance and the hormone resistance that's happening um you know so right. a good thing to maybe cut out for a period of time just to see you know how does your body respond when you're not feeding it you know this
1: yeah and i also think a good point to be made is just because I think there was a whole gluten-free movement too, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of products came out that aren't necessarily healthy, and they're just say (laughs) gluten-free. And people just assume it's like, oh, it's organic. It's healthy for you.
0: Yes. Well, same thing with, you know, we see so many products, you know, keto friendly, keto, mm-hmm. you know, this. And it's like to turn that thing around, <laughs> start reading what those ingredients are inside of there. All right. Um, right. We talked about protein. Now, let's talk about we hear many, many times. Well, intermittent fasting is different for women than it is for men. Talk to me about what what are what are they what are we alluding to there?
1: <laughs> I don't think much. I, you know, I <laughs> I don't think much. I I, I actually um, have interviewed. I have an interview coming up with Megan Ramos, um, and she's out of the fasting method. She works with Dr. Jason Fung, who's another yeah. guy that has a ton of work done. A ton of work in the fasting field. And I really don't think there's much of a difference between men and women. I think the one thing I've heard from just talking with them is sometimes women might actually have to um, fast longer to get the results that they want. Um, And they deal with a lot of women with fasting. Um, But I think it just depends. You know, like, for example, the woman that introduced me to intermittent fasting, she was doing like weekly fit. Like, I'm not saying do this every week, but she was doing some extended fasts to try to get results. So I think with women and men, I don't really don't think there is much of a difference. I think it's a matter of, again, like we talked about listening to your body Mm -hmm. and um, yeah. And, and, and that's, that's it. Like, you know, and one thing with listening to your body that I'll just say is if you are starting out with fasting, you're going to have to go through times of uncomfort of being uncomfortable um, you know, I, I to this day, I'll get like these hunger waves, but you just like you learn to just realize that they're, you're not really hungry and they come and go and mm-hmm. just sort of ride it out. Maybe have some sparkling water mm-hmm. um, because as much as you do fasting and I've done it for a long time, you know, you you, you get these hunger waves and you realize it, they're, you're not truly hungry. Um, but anyways, that's I'm like getting off the point. So to answer your question, I don't really think there's much of it. I really don't. I, I've seen a lot of women have get great results doing fasting. As long as you don't overdo it, you know, it, it like I mentioned, it's a stressor. And, you know, you, if you start losing your hair and things like that, then there could be some other things going on, maybe some thyroid issues or who knows. But um, anyways, yeah.
0: Right. Well, and I think too, for women, especially if you're still cycling, um, you know, you're still having your menstrual cycles, then you're know, we're talking a 16-8. We're not talking those extended fast. And I think that's where we get into some of the issues with the really drops in hormones that can happen. Um, we're, you know, we're talking on going on a five-day fast or, you know, three-day fast or doing it repeatedly, having that extended fast. And sixteen eight. 8 honestly speaking if you normally get up and you have your breakfast like you said at 8 a.m and you have your last meal at 6 p.m. you're so darn close to that window already yeah right
1: yeah no doubt about it and um, I just think the key is 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 not to snack a lot right <laughs> I you know I think like that is a form of fasting like if you want to have three meals go go have it like um, if, 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 you know I would say that if, if you want to lose body fat and maybe get some greater results and maybe you've plateaued
0: mm-hmm.
1: you can bring fasting in as, as a tool and maybe do some longer fast. But if you're happy where your weight is at and you just sort of want to maintain and, and just stay lean, you might not need to do the you know much of extended fast. Just I would say a big rule of thumb is is stay away from snacking and just have three solid meals.
0: There you go. I loved how you talked about, you know, if you're having those hunger pains, you know, to drink some water. Um, What do you think about, I know, not on like a 16-8 day, but many times when I'm doing an extended fast, twice a year I'll do a 72-hour fast. And I will um, suck on like rock salt, you know, just to get the minerals when I'm having those hunger pains if I have them. What do you think about that?
1: that's great yeah I mean you know you've done those long fasts and and I think like what what probably makes it the easiest is to try to stay busy
0: oh you know? definitely because yeah. it really
1: is just a mind game you right. know so you got to keep your mind active um stay busy um, maybe don't even tell anyone who wouldn't be supportive right, um,
0: right. <laughs> yeah. you know
1: because some people right I'm sure you Amy you've come across this people think like crazy right because you're doing something outside the norm
0: I, I oh yeah I when I um I mentioned I was going to be doing a 72 hour fast because I, I do them in the spring in the fall and I had a family member oh, well that, that's starvation you can't do that <laughs> I'm like no it's not
1: <laughs> it's okay <laughs> yeah they just don't you know it's just they it's just a matter of being misinformed that's you it's, know
0: It's tough. It's tough when we get there. All right. Um, We talked about empty calories. You know, this has been so helpful, and, and we've gone through a laundry list of questions, at least that I have experienced myself as well as my clients asking. What about in your experience? Are there things that we haven't touched on yet that you get asked repeatedly when you're working with your clients?
1: Yeah. I mean, some questions that maybe I get brought up are, can they work out in a fasted state?
0: Oh, great question. Yeah. yeah.
1: And yes, you can. And I think I actually enjoyed working out in a fasted state. Um, and actually, I think there's some research out where after you you work out, give it a little time, let your body breathe a little bit. You don't have to just, I think I, back in the day, I used to scarf down like a, a protein shake right <laughs> after I, I worked out. But you know, there's research out there showing that you have plenty of stores of energy and protein that that your body will utilize after your workout. You don't have to just throw down that protein shake. So, you know, everyone's a little bit different, but I would say, yes, you can work out in a fasted state. Um, and I think actually you get a greater ri- rise in, in growth hormone that comes from fasting. Um, so it'll it'll, you know, and working out in that fasted state. I think that's a good combination. Um other questions, will I lose muscle if you fast? And I would say that no. I think if you're getting adequate amount of protein, um, that you you won't necessarily lose muscle. I mean, I think when I first started fasting, I did lean out quite a bit. And mm-hmm. then I realized that maybe I just needed to change a few things. And I actually upped my protein intake, and it really helped me just stabilize my weight. Um, so that might be one thing. If you are doing fasting and then working out, um, you know, just make sure that you're getting in, you know, quality protein.
0: I like that. One last question that comes to my mind, and, and I know that we, you know, we're, we're at our, our limit here in time, <laughs> you know, there's no hard and fast rule with that, but um, you talked about that fasting doesn't have to be forever. Uh, you know, if someone is, is saying, okay, how do I do this? Do I do it for, you know, a week out of the month? How, how do I look at this?
1: Yeah. You know, it's a strategy, right? It's a tool. So I would say that um, start out, do it for a bit, see how you feel. I think what you'll realize is you'll be like, ah, this is pretty great. I want to keep doing it. Um, you don't have to do it every day. For example, like how you do it, right? Mm-hmm. Don't you do five and then you have two days of fat, five of like normal eating days and then two days of fasting? Um,
0: right? I, I, well, I do five days of 16, eight, um, I do one day of uh, a 24-hour fast where I don't, okay. you know, it's water. Uh, and then I do one day of either a carb load or a protein load. And I'll, I'll alternate between those just to keep my body adaptive.
1: Right. And so, yeah, I mean, that's that's great. And, and there, there's no hard... There's no hard rule on, on on what you should do, but I just say it's a tool that you should use. I think if you just start doing it, like for example, you didn't do that right away, Amy. No. You probably no. started doing it <laughs> differently. And you've come into this rhythm and of of you know of what you've done. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I have, you know, I do it every day, but there's some days where, you know, whatever. If I, if I, if I'm out or I'm traveling, maybe I feel like eating at a different time. It's there's yeah. no hard, fast rule on that.
0: Okay, I like that. No, we did get a question um oh. is fasting okay to do during intense learning? I'm starting a 14-day intense workshop. I got my philosophy yeah. on that.
1: <laughs> yes, I would say yes. I think I think I I actually just did a pod, a small podcast on how I try to do all my I try to do all my brain tasks while I'm in a fasted state because I'm just sharper. I'm sure Amy you feel the same way.
0: Absolutely. I would say um yes on like an intermittent fasting i would say no on an extended when you're in those beginning times of fasting your Mm -hmm. mental clarity is so sharp um i've had so many experts who talked about intermittent fasting say they take all their tests they do all their studying like you said, your crucial brain thinking times are during a fasting state because, um, and I'm not sure what the science is why that is, but we are are just really mentally sharp in that fasted state,
1: yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of it just has to do with you know your body is not is when you're eating something, your your body's putting attention digesting that food. And eventually you are getting some type of insulin spike. So you're going to sort of crash after that. So I think it's just a matter of, you know, you, you're, you have this heightened awareness and, you know, it's almost like um, back in the day, the feast or famine when they're hunting, right? They what? want to be alert, you know, so
0: exactly. they
1: don't want to eat a big meal and then go hunt. Right. right? They. they...
0: <laughs> right. They wouldn't
1: get very far.
0: Right. That's awesome. They asked again, oh, cool. Can you give me a guideline on, our, on intermittent? And what I can say here, um, because of the time that we've gotten into, I love these questions. Thank you for asking. Is I know when I went to Brian's website, which we're scrolling at the bottom of the screen here, Brian Grin, that's dot com. He has got blog posts up there that um, are fabulous. Uh, in terms of some uh, research. And and Brian, where else would you suggest uh, somebody brand new into intermittent fasting to get kind of that guideline uh, go?
1: Yeah. And um, I would say the challenge that I have up, uh, the 21-Day Intermittent Fasting Challenge, 21dayfastingchallenge.com, if they've never done it before, it'll sort of ease them into it. And um, that's a great place to start as well.
0: And where else can people find you? So we've got the the website scrolling now. Are you on social media, Brian?
1: I don't believe in social media. No, <laughs> uh, actually, I don't. But I'm on it. No, um, I'm on Instagram. Uh, I don't even know my tag. It's it. I uh, just yeah. I have two tags on that, but we can maybe put that in the show notes and then okay. um, yeah, I post on Instagram usually, and then my podcast, the Get Lean Eat Clean podcast. We talk yeah. a lot about these topics, and I just bring in. Health experts that, a lot, that are a lot smarter than me.
0: I, I love that. Okay, so I got to ask one final question because you know you can't come on the Toxin Terminator without getting this question. Oh,
1: wow. This is okay.
0: <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> I want to know yeah. what is your best toxin free lifestyle tip?
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> I'm putting you to the test.
1: I would say, and I think you might've mentioned this when you were on my podcast, which will be coming out soon when, when I interviewed you, um, be aware of the water that you're drinking
0: mm.
1: and the water that you shower. And I know you mentioned that, and it's something I actually am moving, and I know, I think you're moving as well, or maybe you've moved. Uh, yeah. So I'm moving into a new place, and that was the first thing I looked into, what type of water am I getting? And... Can I create some type of filtration system off that if need be? So that would be my maybe.
0: um, Water. Love it. Water. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Love it. Brian, you have been awesome. Uh, I love all your insight. Again, we can make sure that you find Brian at briangrin.com. It's B-R-I-A-N-G-R-Y-N.com. It's been scrolling across the bottom of the screen. but If you're listening to the podcast, these will be in the show notes. And you can get to his twenty one day fasting challenge. It's twenty one day fasting challenge dot uh, yeah twenty one day challenge dot com uh, as well. Hmm. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks for having me on, Amy.
0: Oh, you betcha. That's all for this episode of the Toxin Terminator, and we hope we've helped you remove the hidden toxins in your life for renewed health.